Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Lauren. Lauren is a postpartum mentor who serves mothers who are struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. She focuses on three foundational blocks for healing, self-care, time management, and holistic healing alternatives. Self-care and time management are two of the things that I teach as well. They're so important and so many times people overlook them. And especially I would assume when you're postpartum, you have a baby that's screaming and probably not sleeping through the night. It gets a little crazy, but you didn't become a mentor out of nowhere. This actually stemmed from a personal experience you had. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So after my daughter was born, my husband was deployed and I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and then later postpartum anxiety. And I thought I knew how to take care of myself mentally, right? Like Mm -hmm. in my headspace, but it turns out that I was just completely wrong and I didn't know anything about self-care. I didn't know anything about what I needed to do to feel collected and calm and rested and fulfilled. And so here I was with a baby while my husband was 3000 miles away and I was having to figure it all out. And through that, I started sharing my story. Not immediately. I hid it from everybody for a really long time. But when I finally came out and told everybody what I had been struggling with, I was met with so many women that were like, I am feeling the exact same way. How can I help myself? And so I started to realize that when you're in the thick of it, too many things overwhelm you. So you kind of have to like take things down to like very basic necessities and like build from there. And so I help women from all walks of life from I just had a baby and I'm not sleeping and I can't remember the last time that I showered all the way up to, okay, my kids are in school, but I still don't know what I can do to feel better as a person. And I don't know how to not be angry or not be anxious all the time. So I've kind of collected all of these tools and resources to help people. Awesome. So somebody listening might be thinking, okay, I'm not sure if I have postpartum depression or anxiety. What is that? So what yeah, is that's, it? A, <laughs> that's a really good question. And I like to caveat it that it can be different for everybody. It's mm-hmm. not a set definition. For me, I can share my experiences and kind of what was that revelation of something's not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully somebody might relate to even just a small portion of kind of what I went through. For me, it went so much far beyond crying. I I was crying a lot. um, And I know that that's a normal thing that happens when your hormones are rebalancing after birth that you cry out of nowhere. For me, it was more, I dreaded my daughter waking up in the morning my happiest moments were when I was laying in bed and I got a few minutes before my daughter woke up from the day. And then I was just putting one foot in front of the other. I was very numb throughout the day. I wasn't really feeling anything. I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't feeling sad. I just wanted the day to be over as quick as possible. So that way I just could pretend that I didn't have a kid anymore. And as she got bigger and her needs got more demanding and she was crying more, I found myself just wishing it would all end. I just wanted 
to give her away. I wanted to run away. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I just felt as though I was very unsuited to be a mother. And I felt as though I had made a huge mistake in having a kid. And so it was probably around three or four weeks when I was talking to my doula that she was like, okay, so those are typical kind of feelings, maybe like the first week. I think everybody right. feels a little bit overwhelmed, but I would definitely mention it in your postpartum checkup with your midwife that you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and that this is starting to kind of weigh on you a little bit more than probably a typical adjustment period. And my midwife didn't miss a beat. She was like, you should not be feeling this way. It is normal. That was like important for me to hear that this is normal, that a lot of women go through this. Mm -hmm. But she was like, we're going to get you help. And help starts with talking to somebody in a safe space so that you can voice how you're feeling without being judged or without somebody turning it into something that it isn't. You need to work through all these feelings in a safe environment. So... Yeah, that's really important. I think anybody listening, whether it's postpartum depression, anxiety, or just average depression, anxiety, that there is a safe place that you can, you know, voice what's going on with you. Actually, it's one of my, the reasons I'm going to school to be a psychologist is because that having that safe place for me has been transformed transformational. My words are not working with me today, but sorry guys listening. Um, but yeah, that's why I wanted to do that. And I'm sure that's why you started what you did so that you were that safe place for somebody to come to. Now question with what you do as a mentor, do people also see a therapist in tandem with you? How does that work? Yeah. So I started mentoring women that had already kind of graduated from the therapist or the psychologist, depending on like who they choose to work with. I am not a medical professional. I do not diagnose people. And I honestly don't even want to work with people if they haven't seen a professional, because I feel that that's a very important step to kind of working through your own emotional turmoil when you're dealing with any sort of thing, mental health. So generally when people reach out to me and they say, I'm stressed out, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on in my head, my first question is, have you talked to a professional? And if they say no, I send them resources to find one. And then I'm like, when you've talked to somebody, then come see me and I can send you some additional resources and talk you through some other sort of stuff. So I typically tend to work with women that have already graduated that and they're like, okay, I now know that these feelings... Um, are okay. I now know that this does not define me. I now know that I can be okay, but I don't really know how to implement being okay in my day-to-day -day life. What can I do? And so that's typically the type of women that I work with. Yeah. And that what can I do question is really important because when you have a baby, that's a, it's a lot of work and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Like my last one pregnancy was two of them and I was just like a zombie all the time. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So what are some things that women listening that are like, okay, well, I have seen my therapist. I have um, postpartum depression or anxiety or both. Uh, what are some, how can I feel like a normal human again, Lauren? Like, how did you do this? <laughs> Well, and so it's going to be kind of silly because when I tell people this, they're like, really, that's like your first level of advice. So I tell people you have to go back to basic survival 
things, which means that you should be showering every day. And I always caveat that by it's really hard when you have a newborn to put yourself in the shower when the newborn is screaming on the other side of the shower door. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you don't even have to necessarily shower with soap to start off, but just to get into the practice of getting in there, letting the water wash over you, that's a very cleansing feeling in itself and can really make you feel 10 times better, especially if you've had a rough day. You need to shower every day. I don't care if it's five minutes. I don't care if it's a half an hour. You need to get in the shower every single day to just feel refreshed, to put on a clean pair of clothes. I don't care if it's pajamas right after you got out of pajamas. You just need to get dressed into something clean to make you you and your skin feel better. You need to be eating I think as like mothers, we put ourselves last when we're eating because, right, you're running around and you're feeding right. the kid or you're shoveling food in while you're standing at the counter trying to make everybody's lunches. So I'm like, you need to be eating at least three square meals a day and you need to be fueling your body with whole nutrients. And we hear this all the time, right? I feel like the diet industry is the- Oh, I hate the diet industry. I know. Don't even get me started on it. I know it's so frustrating because I'm like, you do not need a diet. You do not need a shake. You do not need a magic pill. You just need to eat things grown from the earth and stop eating things that come out of packages because the more processed food you eat when you're dealing with having a mental illness, the more it affects Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And so if you just eat stuff from the earth, And it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like start small and work up, like start eating three meals a day and then start fixing the quality of food that you're eating. You'll feel 10 times better. And then with that sleep, and I know coming from a kid who didn't sleep for more than an hour to two hours straight for 15 months, I hear you mamas. If you're like, yeah, okay, Lauren sleep, (laughs) you wish I, I hear you. But what I'm saying is Your kid is guaranteed to get at least like a three or a four hour block when you first set them down for the night, no matter who, who your kid is. Right. Mm -hmm. So my daughter used to go to bed at like seven 30 at night. And I used to use that time to stay up, to catch up on everything. Don't do that in the beginning. If your mental health is at risk, you should be going to sleep when your baby goes to sleep because those three to four hours could be the most refreshing, soothing, healing sleep that you could be getting for the rest of the night. And it's just a phase. Your kid is eventually going to sleep longer. I now have a three and a half year old who maybe wakes up once or twice a night. She's still not the best sleeper. But for 15 months, I suffered and I got one to two hour broken blocks of sleep all night long with a baby who just didn't want to sleep. And so using the time that you're given to get quality sleep will just make or break your day the next day, especially when you're dealing with the maternal mental health. Yes. I'm glad you said all those things because they're all so important. The food, I mean, people don't realize, but the processed food, they have chemicals in them and those chemicals actually affect our brain chemistry and can make mental illness way worse. I know when I eat like crap, my mental health just takes a whole like nosedive. Yes. And then I want to mention a resource for anybody listening. And I've mentioned on the podcast before, and it'll be linked up inspiredwomenpodcast.com. I had actually had somebody give me feedback. It's like, I don't know where to find all these resources. I'm like on the website, right underneath the episode we're talking about. Um, so sleep smarter by Sean Stevenson. And he actually has a podcast called the model health show. Uh, it, it's amazing because he even, and you know, says in his book, I know moms, if you have a brand new baby, this sleep is not like 
the thing, but he gives amazing tips on how to improve your quality sleep. So when you can get it, you do get it. So that's a great resource for anybody listening. And I love that you, you mentioned those things because they're very basic things. I mean, I used to have to put my twins like in bouncy seats outside the shower just so I could take a shower, but I knew how important it was. I mean, even now, okay, my kids are seven, seven, nine, and 15. I cannot take a shower without somebody like knocking on the door and be like, mom. And I'm like, I've been in here for like five minutes. Like, seriously, y'all are big enough. Like not, the house is not burning down. But it still happens to me. So, I mean, guys, you just got to get used to the interruptions while you're taking a shower as a mom. It just happens. Um, so what were your, you mentioned a few tools that people can use. What do you, what would you say helped you the most? What was like that, that thing that was like the pivot that helped you be like, okay, I can do this. I've got this. I, oh gosh, I feel like that's such a weighted question because I feel as though <laughs> everything builds up to the moment that you're at right now. But I think my biggest revelation, and this has probably been like in the last year, right? Like I'm still managing my anxiety and it is a whole lot better than it was when my daughter was born. And so I don't want anybody listening to think like, oh, Lauren has her life together and everything's great. Like I still manage my anxiety. I still manage my anger moments. I still manage my patience level, all of those sorts of things, which I feel come hand in hand with parenting. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, the biggest thing that really helped me was removing myself from the social media scroll. And oh now with goodness. my business, well, and with my business, and you know this, you have to be on social media to grow your business. It doesn't matter what social media platform, but you have to be on social media in today's day and age to grow your business. And so I had to set up very clear boundaries where I was no longer scrolling. I was no longer popping into mom's groups on Facebook mm. and reading advice or asking for advice. And instead, if I was struggling with something, I would sit and think which one of my friends is currently dealing with this or has dealt with this and is on the other side that I can actually physically call or go to see in person to talk to them about this because social media was sucking the joy out of motherhood for me because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, yep. you're a horrible mother if you're co-sleeping, you're a horrible mother if you're not, you're a horrible mother if you're breastfeeding, you're a horrible mother if you're not. And I couldn't handle it. I didn't know what my own voice was anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I started placing those very strict boundaries on my time and where I was spending my energy, I started to figure out my true voice and when my voice got stronger, nobody else's opinions mattered. And I think yeah. moms of multiple children get this because I feel like your first kid's kind of like the, what the hell am I doing with my life? Yeah. And then after that, you're kind of like, well, whatever, I raised one, the other one will survive just fine. And you block it out. But I still only have one kid yeah. and I haven't reached that point where I don't know if we're going to have a second kid just because of how much I struggled. And so for me, I needed to find my own voice and I needed to find my own inner strength. And that's been a really hard thing for me to find because I basically had to rebuild my entire personal identity from the ground up once I became a parent. But I had to remove the noise, if that makes sense. I had to remove oh, the no, noise of everybody sense. else. Yeah. So. No, it makes perfect, perfect sense. Cause I mean, even now I have to remove all the noise, right? You know, I mentioned something, you know, about my kids and something I'm allowing them to do or not allowing them to do whatever. And people are like, Oh my gosh, aren't you worried? Like, 
my husband, I let the kids climb the tree in the backyard. And he's like, they're going to get hurt. I'm like, we have insurance. It's going to be okay. But <laughs> you know, it, in parenting, I feel like you don't ever do anything right. Like there's always going to be somebody who's telling you you're doing it wrong and you can get lost in the shuffle of parenting and lose yourself completely. I mean, I know after my twins were born, I lost myself for like a, a good long time, a couple of years. I had no idea who I was. All I was was feeding, changing all the things, these tiny humans. And I'm like, who the hell am I? Um, but I'm so proud of you for like first baby. You're like, I'm going to find my voice because that can be so, so difficult. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, anybody listening, it really, it really can. And, and parenting's messy. It's just messy. It, it really is. It's, it's so messy. And there's no age where you're like, oh, okay, this is amazing because there's always a new challenge when it comes to that. Like, yes. you know, I, we have a teenager right now and I'm like, mm, this is fun. This is just as fun <laughs> right now. Super fun. But I, yes, I, social media is a time suck and it can have a lot of comparisonitis because it's everybody's highlight reel and everybody tries to act like they have their shit together. And really they don't. I mean, somewhere behind that Pinterest mom, she's like, freaking out and drinking a bottle of wine because something's not going right. So we all do it. It's really important that we do it. So where did you find the most support during your time? Was it, was it friends like you mentioned, or were there certain things on the internet that actually did help you? Yeah. So ironically, it wasn't friends. I've actually lost a ton of friends in this whole self-identity journey. And at first I was really upset about that because here were these people in my life that I had placed so much trust and so much time with. And I really felt as though I had given them everything that I could possibly be. But now that I'm on the other side of it, I've realized that they were actually holding me back from growth. Mm -hmm. And not that they're bad people, because I don't think that any of these people that have left my life are bad people or that they're negative influences, but they weren't right for me in the type of support that I needed. My biggest support was actually going to marriage counseling with my husband because with finding my own identity, we parent wonderful. I feel as though I hit the jackpot in the husband <laughs> category and he does everything that I do in parenting. And parenting has always been equal with us. It has never been a, I do more than him. He wakes up with her in the middle of the night. He watches her while I go away for business stuff. Um, he, you know, takes her potty and, you know, gets her all the things and all these, all these things that I feel very blessed to have because I know a lot of women don't have that same support, mm -hmm. but I didn't know who we were and I didn't know how to tell him what I was going through because during this process where I had kind of shut off my own voice and I was trying to find my own voice, I was really afraid to say anything to him. I was really afraid to actually tell him the thoughts that were going on in my head or even just to share with him that I was upset or anxious about something that somebody told me in that day because I didn't want to seem silly or stupid or complaining or ungrateful or any of those things. And it turned out to be this really beautiful thing where my husband is just this incredible person that can listen and he can offer advice without being judgmental and he can actually be like, babe. Why are you even letting this bother you? In the grand scheme of things, this does not even matter. Or if I'm like, I don't understand why I'm anxious, he's like, let's break it down and dissect it all. Mm -hmm. Like, let's break it down. And so for me, it was just 
it was leaning on him a lot and he was kind of my, my biggest resource, but I had other resources along the way. I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I followed the people that I followed. I made intentional to where they were going through self-discovery journeys as well. So that my brain power, my mindset, all of that was being flooded by very positive things and healthy reminders that this is just a road bump. Mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of this whole journey. And so it was kind of a culmination of everything, but I think my husband and us going to marriage counseling was probably the biggest one for us. And that's a really important thing is to have a significant other that is supportive and that you can communicate with. And I want, and, and you know what? Marriage is as hard as imperfect and sometimes it's crazy. But if we don't communicate what we're going through, like if you didn't communicate with him, he would be confused. He would be like, what's going on here? He would think maybe it was about him. And instead, if we're like, hey, just so you know, and I had to have this conversation about my husband about my mental health struggles as well. It's like, this is how I feel. And when this happens, this I get very anxious. Or, you know, I had a, a, an anxiety attack the beginning of November and he was like, what's going on? And I was like, this house and selling the house. And I was just like word vomited all this stuff. And he's like, you got to tell me, because how am I supposed to know when I ask you to do these things that you're already overwhelmed with it? And I was like, oh, okay. So that communication piece is so huge. I'm glad that you mentioned that because we can't, I mean, I was a single mom for many years and it's not a fun ride, but like, if you have somebody there that can support you, that's a very important thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it really made or break I mean, it, it just made such a difference. Like I remember we were on a trip and just having to walk into a restaurant first sent me into such anxiety and I couldn't explain it. I didn't know why. And so I eventually, we were arguing, right? He's like, just go in the door. And I'm like, can you just please walk in first? And he's like, just walk in the door. Like it doesn't matter. And I'm like, I, I can't explain it, but this makes me really anxious. And it brings me comfort just to have you walk in the door first. And he was like, well, that makes no sense, but fine. So once I told him that he was like, all right, fine. So now he walks in first and I walk in behind him and it just, I don't know if it just gives me a chance to kind of lay the land versus me being the first center of attention sort of thing. But for me, it was just a huge anxiety thing, but he wouldn't have ever known that. And here we were fighting over who's going to walk in the door first of a restaurant. Right. (laughs) Like Just go in the door. (laughs) No, we all have our little quirks. I yeah. was mad at my husband for three days for not asking me how my finals went. And the first <laughs> time I talked to him, I was like, I've been mad at you for three days. And he was like, um, what did I do? I'm like, you didn't ask me how my finals went. And he was just like, okay. He's like, all right. He was like, I, okay, why? And he, I was like, well, I needed somebody to validate that I tried really hard and I did really good. And he was like, okay, I get it. I will ask you next time. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you. You're my, you know, they don't know sometimes that we have these little quirk. I mean, you could be married for a long time and then suddenly like this thing and you're, they're like, I had no idea after eight years, this was a thing, but you know, it comes up. It really does. So I love that you, that we're talking about the communication piece and, and not just communication with um, your significant other, but those around you, because how are they supposed to understand what you're going through? And did you, you mentioned that you started sharing publicly. Did you get any pushback from people or did you get a lot of like, me too? I've been there. Yes, absolutely. 
I've gotten very minimal pushback, which I feel very grateful for. And I feel as though the more and more I put myself out there, I know it's going to happen, you know, like, but I also know that people's pushback is about them. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with me and whatever they're spewing back at me is just a reflection about how they really feel about themselves. And I know that because that's what I was doing to people. I was pushing Mm -hmm. back when really it was my own insecurities coming through. And so I no longer take those sorts of things personally, but I did have one instance where somebody was asking me what I do. And it was in an older group of women. We were at like a networking thing that like families and stuff were welcome. And so a friend of mine had her mother come and then her mother's best friend was there. So I would say they were probably like in their 60s-ish. So -hmm. not super, you know, like grandparent age, but like a little bit older of a generation. And I was telling them that um, I was a postpartum mentor for women with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And she made the comment that postpartum depression was just a made up thing that when she was raising babies, she didn't have time to get all wrapped up in things like that. And that this was just a societal made up thing. And I had two choices. I could just ignore it. Right. Or I could attempt to educate her about how life (laughs) 30, 40 years ago is completely different than how life is right right now especially because of social media and especially because most people tend to live away from their community and their family and that they're raising children on their own. So there Mm -hmm. isn't this village. There isn't a support group. There isn't a physical support network of people helping you raise your children so that you have a strong society to kind of stand on. But she was not open to educating. So I just had to let it go. And I was like, you know what? I probably struck a nerve and there is probably something in my story that she relates to, but she's not willing to see the other side of it. And I had to just let it go. And for me, just sometimes not responding is such a growth moment for me because I'm Mm -hmm. like, what would arguing really prove to her? Nothing. It would prove absolutely nothing to her. If she's open to hearing, she'll be open to hearing and that will be a teachable moment. But if she's just set in her ways, the only person I can control in that situation is me and my voice. And sometimes not even dealing with the pushback is just amazing and very soul filling. <laughs> yeah. It can be so draining trying to educate people who just don't want to hear it. They right. really don't. And you hear that a lot where people are like, well, mental, these men- this mental health crisis is a new thing. And it, you know, this never happened 30, 40 years ago. Actually it did, but because of stigmas and because of how people treated mental illness. And because like you had mental illness, you're going to the institution, like, right. You're not going to, there wasn't all this extra stuff to help you that like it is nowadays. So nobody came forward about it. They just suffered silently. So postpartum depression, anxiety were happening back then. I mean, there were, there are stories that go back a long time of people like moms, like literally like committing suicide after they have babies because it did exist, but it was not a, environment it's still it's still not fully an environment where people can come forward there's still a lot of stigma that comes on and like I talk to people about my depression anxiety and they try to tell me it's on my head I was like actually it is it's a chemical imbalance in my head so it really is up there (laughs) this is not something I can control I mean I can do things to mitigate it so I'm not like you know losing myself in it but it's always going to be there I'm never going to like just get rid of it. So I, I love that you pointed out that sometimes it's not worth educating people about things 
when they're not open to it. If she was open, she would have been like, oh, really? I've never really heard of this. I mean, what's that at all about? Like, we didn't really struggle with that back when I was, I was younger, but she would be like asking questions versus like, no, that never happened, Lauren. I'm proud of you for handling because I would have been like a bulldog, like going after her, like, listen up. <laughs> Let me tell you how this goes. <laughs> yeah, me like three years ago for sure would have fought back. But part of my own voice is just sometimes recognizing that it's not worth my anxiety or even just the fire that builds up because you're so passionate about something. It's not even worth it sometimes to even waste my breath to explain it. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I just kind of leave it at that. So I have some very ignorant people on my social media <laughs> that I just like have to keep scrolling. Cause I'm like, if I start in with them, it's never going to end and it's not going to really accomplish anything. Cause they're still going to be like in their little bubble, like thinking the same thing. You know, I try, my mom's boyfriend tried to tell me that, um, psychology is a pseudoscience. That was like, no. That's not how that works. <laughs> oh, yes. There's also this wonderful thing called unfollow, delete, right. block, unfriend. My favorite things. Yeah, I do those frequently. I had somebody, she, she was persistent. I don't think she realized it, but she commented some almighty thing on my Instagram and I didn't even respond. I just deleted it. And then like an hour later, she was like, Oh my gosh, I thought I posted this, but I guess I didn't. And she reposted the <laughs> whole entire thing and I deleted it again, didn't respond. And then she did it a third time. And oh, I, just, no, she didn't. I deleted it. I was like, girlfriend, if you don't know right now, I didn't even message her, but I was like, if you don't know right now that I'm purposely deleting your comment because it does not serve me, you have so many more issues than what I can help you with. <laughs> right? I mean, because with what you do, if somebody's following you on Instagram, they see this obnoxious comment, that could really hinder them from seeking out the help that they need. Right. And I feel like that with all mental health struggles. When I, I, I sometimes will delete or block things on the, like, on the interwebs just because I'm like, that doesn't serve me. And it also doesn't serve my audience if they see this nonsense. And now they're like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, go and get the help I need. Exactly. And the way that I look at it too, is that I want to surround myself with very positive people. Mm -hmm. And if I'm surrounding myself with positive people, that's what I'm putting out there to also come back to me. And so if I even let space for any of these negative people, and there's a difference between somebody bringing up an objection right. that maybe it might be like worth reworking how you're saying something or something like that. I'm talking about just flat out negative people, mm -hmm. like the ignorant people that you're talking about. There's a difference between letting an objection come in versus people that are just so far into their own self that they don't see, you know, mm -hmm. to the end of their nose. I don't have space for those kind of people and I don't want to even let one of them in so that, cause I don't want any more people to come in. So if right. I just place that barrier and I used to think I had to explain myself or that I had mm -hmm. to justify myself, I have unblocked, unfollowed so many people and it can even be from the get go. People are fine on social media. And then one day I log in to do business stuff and they have a nasty, Right. I'm like, you know what? If you can be nasty about this one thing, what else can you be nasty about? And mm -hmm. I don't need that kind of stuff in my life. And so I'll just unfollow people or I'll hide them or I'll, un I'll delete them if 
they really just don't jive with kind of what my what I'm trying to kind of resonate out in my world, a lot of positivity, a lot of acceptance, all of that kind of stuff. And so I just don't even, I don't justify it. I don't explain myself to anybody. Nobody else knows what I'm going through except for me. And as long as I feel good about it and I'm not losing sleep about it, then I, I say it's good. So I've been doing this to fitness coaches lately. You post a yeah. half naked picture of you every day we're done. And it's not even because like I'm that self-conscious. It's because I feel like it's sending the wrong message to people because when I was a fitness coach way back in the day, uh, I was very unhealthy because I was obsessed with what I was doing. And I actually had some real mental health issues because of it. So now that I'm like in a comfortable place, I'm like, I really don't need to see that. Like, I really don't care. Like, good for you, girl. I'm so proud of you. But that's the kind of thing that I really don't want filling up my newsfeed. Like I just don't care. Like I want to see like your kids. I want to see like, you know, you're launching a book. I want to see the fun parts. Like if you, if you're posting like before and afters every other day, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And that's just, I mean, it's nothing against the fitness coaches. If anybody's listening, it's just that, like you said, it's like protecting your space. And to me, that's protecting my space because that's really not something that I want popping up in my newsfeed all the time. Like that I want people who are like body positive that, that are like, Hey, you know, eat good, sleep, right. You know, get in some exercise, but it's okay if you mess up every once in a while, because I'm yeah, like, we're human. don't judge me for having this cookie, Linda. Cause I'm going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge me for the two bottles of wine me and my husband drank last night and stayed up right. entirely too late, you know? Cause I'm like, who cares? Like, it's our life. And if my husband and I are okay with it, then we're okay with it. And if we're happy, then we're happy. <laughs> right. And then that's how I feel. And I, I just don't, I, I just don't like it, you know, especially when you see a lot of like dying and stuff like that. So a little t- side tangent. Um, but that, those are the kind of things that, that going back to what you said, we need to be mindful of because they can actually affect our mental health. If you see that this person or this thing or this, you know, topic is popping up on social media and you're like, that does not help me stay in a positive mind space. It needs to go. The unfriend, unfollow, you know, hide. Some people I'll hide for like 60 days. Some people I just like unfollow and then other people I block or unfriend because I mean it's not worth my time this is my life I get to make it what I want to make it so exactly what are some things that when you were in the postpartum stage did you see on social media that really really affected your mental health Honestly, it was a lot of those moms groups. And I was in a lot of moms groups. I was in, you know, like a, a fourth trimester group. I was in the local moms groups. I was in the local toddler and me, baby and me, whatever. Any kind of local groups, any sort of overarching. I was in like a breastfeeding one, a cloth diapering one, any of these kind of things. And originally I was in there because of resources, right? Because as a new mom, you're like, we cloth diapered, for example, and I'll be like, I cannot for the life of me get these stains out. So you go to post, I need to get these stains out. This is what I've been using, blah, 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 blah. And that post somehow turns into how I'm killing the environment because of the type of detergent that I'm using. And that totally defeats the purpose of cloth diapering. And I'm like, wait a second. All I did was ask for some suggestions on how to get stains out. And now all of a sudden I'm killing the environment because of the type of detergent that I'm using. Or somehow that got into the subject of, well, you shouldn't be feeding your baby solids yet 
because like in my, you know, universe, your baby should only be on breast milk until like one. And I'm like, I, it was just, people take things so far Mm -hmm. and they don't actually give any good solid advice. Like it was quick to judge quick to offer certain things. And I found nobody was asking like clarifying questions. And so Mm -hmm. I just had to leave it all because it made me second guess every single thing that I was doing. It made me second guess the types of foods that I was starting my baby with because we did baby led weaning. And so, you know, some people are like, don't give them meat until they're like nine months old. And other people are like, only give them soft things. Don't let them chew on a carrot. That's how they choke. Cut up the grapes. Don't cut up the grapes. You know, all these sorts of things. And I was starting to second guess everything. Everything that I was starting to do, I was like, wait a second, is this going to be harmful? Is she going to get hurt? Is this really something that I should do? Or when it went wrong, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have known better. Like that person on the internet told me that this would happen. (laughs) And I was giving that person validation when they weren't even like in my life. And when I removed that, I just kind of dealt with things as they happened and not Mm -hmm. saying that I didn't prepare but I wasn't worried about all of these what if scenarios. I was wasting so much time and so much energy and mental space worrying about all the things that could go wrong that I wasn't being grateful for the things that were actually going right in my Mm -hmm. life. And then when I'm presented with things that I just don't think about because they're just not in my space, then I just tell people like, for example, we've never cut up grapes for my daughter. I know a lot of you guys are all like the horror you I don't know if I did or not. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think about cutting grapes up or grape tomatoes or any of that kind of stuff. My daughter is three and a half and she's in preschool five days a week for three hours. And I've been sending her to school with whole grapes and whole grape tomatoes since the beginning of the school year. And about two months in the teacher's like, well, the health department considers these a choking hazard. And so if you're going to send her with grapes or grape tomatoes, you need to cut them up. And I'm like, if my three and a half year old can't eat food (laughs) the way that it grows, she should not be eating that food. (laughs) I'm like, she is in school. Your kid. And they were like, well, it's not your kid. We're worried about all the other kids. What if another kid doesn't know that they can't swallow a grape? Oh my. I, I was just so floored. I was like, you know what? I'm just Whatever. not sending them. I'm yeah, I'm like, I'm just not going to send her with grapes or grape tomatoes because I'm not yeah. cutting them up. <laughs> I would forget to cut them up. That's exactly what would happen. Is I would, I would forget and I would be like, why, why? And then I get yelled at again. I wouldn't just, I would be, I would give up at that point in time. That would be the end of it for me. Yeah. So speaking of what you were talking about with the groups and everything, I get these con- like kind of comments underneath my Facebook lives that I'm like completely unnecessary because somebody would be like, oh yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm good. And I'm like, why? Like, why are, why are you commenting? Like, this is unnecessary. And now you're going to make other people who are watching this video like, that's me and I need this help be self-conscious. So like when you're seeing these posts on, in groups and stuff, ask yourself, is this necessary? Is this what the topic is about? Is this really like, cause you get some people where you you make a post and they're just like, I'm great. Everything's great. My life's great. I'm like, that's not what I was asking you. Yeah. I was asking you like, you don't need to come. That's kind of unnecessary. Like similar to what you were talking about where like you're asking, how do I get these stains out? And somebody has got to go off about food. Like it's unnecessary. I think when we're like 
talking on social media, we need to ask ourselves, is this really necessary? Do I really need to comment this? Is it relevant to the conversation? If it's not, I just should leave it alone. So exactly. as we wrap up the podcast, Lauren, if there is one thing or a collection of things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with about anything we talked about today, what would you want them to know? Um, I would want the community to know that they have a voice and that their voice trumps anything else that they see or they do, whether it's family, whether it's their spouse, whether it's another mom at school drop-off. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> right? But you have to really spend time figuring out who you are, what makes you happy, what brings you joy, what makes you feel relaxed and rested. And those are different things than just getting sleep and eating good food. And that you need to fill your life with more things that just bring you joy. And you need to block out anything that is interrupting that. Because when you start to block out the things that are interrupting that, you start to see how wonderful and beautiful and unique and just how perfect your little world is. When you, when you start to really find yourself, you start to realize that nothing else really matters. And you start to be more grateful for the things that are around you. And so I like to tell people if they're having a hard time getting into a positive mind space or feeling grateful or thankful for the things that they do have, to just start writing down the things that you're grateful for every single day. If you're resenting something in your life, if something is making you angry, focus on that thing and find things to be grateful for. Because when you shift your mindset, Positive attracts positive, negative attracts negative. And then look at the people that are you're surrounding yourself with in your actual life, whether they're friends, whether they're coworkers, and see if they resonate with the types of things that you want to bring into your life. And if they're not, it's okay to let them go. I used to think that you had to be friends with people unless there was something seriously wrong with them. But if you get rid of the people that aren't meeting you on your same level, if you don't want to complain about your husband and you're hanging out with people that all they do is complain about their husbands, that's all you're going to see are the things that are imperfect with your own husband. So if you want to be more loving and kind to your husband, then hang out with people that appreciate their husbands. And I used to think that you had to be friends with everybody unless somebody, like somebody was wrong. But when I started to remove those people that weren't encouraging me to be better, encouraging me to be kind in moments that I was unkind, encouraging me that I am a good mother when I don't feel like I'm a good mother. When I removed those people from my life, my life got so much happier and I had less to complain about, less to be unhappy about, and I had less to stress about. Mm. And so I was seeking validation from the wrong kinds of people because they weren't actually bringing me the type of validation that I needed. Cause I don't need a friend when I text them and say, it's only nine o'clock and I already want to strangle my kid. I don't need somebody to be like, yeah, me too, mom. My kids are awful too, blah, 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 blah. I need somebody to be like, what do you need? Do you need to drop the kid off here for a minute so you can get a minute to clear your space? Put a movie on, go take a shower. Like I need those kind of friends that tell me to do certain things or to be like, mama, we all have bad days. 
this is just a small day. Go outside. You know when they go outside, your kid feels so much better and they're bugging you less. Go for a walk. Whatever. I don't need people that meet my complaining with complaining. I need people mm -hmm. that are going to push me to remind myself to be better. So for moms that are struggling with anything, do some deep reflective look at the people that are in your life, what value they're bringing you, and if they're truly helping you become the person that you really want to be. And that's going to take a while, but journaling is a really good place to start just to kind of get it all out on paper and to actually look at it with an objective eye. I love that. Well, thank you, Lauren, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.